Welcome to the Cornerstone Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Um, as usual, cornerstonechurchkingston.org is uh, a place to find all kinds of resources that we produce, from sermons uh, to live streams of services to uh, blogs and other podcast series that we've done. Um, this is a one-off one that we're doing today. Um, I'm Tom. I'm one of the ministers here at the church, and I'm here with Pete. Hello. Rory. Hello. Ben all pastors of some description here at the church as well and um pete's gonna you're gonna introduce what we're gonna well, do this is, we're, so we do seminars uh before the morning service on sundays and we're doing um an evangelism toolkit so these are just uh, little gospel sentences that you can put in your toolkit so they're not the massive big spanner that you want to you know or the big wrench when you've got to do some heavyweight theological uh, evangelism. They're, they're just little sentences. They don't say everything, but to have these as a nice little pack of uh, sort of screwdrivers of different sizes is just a helpful thing in your toolbox. Mm. So gospel sentences. The one I'm just going to read out is called Do Done. Do Done. Do. All forms of religion, formal and informal, are spelt D-O, because they tell us we have to perform good works and obey moral and religious laws in order to find God, to achieve forgiveness, nirvana, or peace. But you can never be sure that you've done enough. Done. Christianity is spelt D-O-N-E, because God sent his son to earth to live the life we should live and die on the cross to pay the debt we should pay for wrongs we've done. Buddha said, strive without ceasing. Jesus said, it is finished. So Buddha's saying do, Jesus is saying done. To become a Christian is to turn from do to done by asking God to accept you for Christ's sake and commit to live for him. It's a lovely little, mm. you know, very simple uh, uh, thing to remember. Mm. Very useful, particularly for sort of religious-y, moral people. Very good for Muslims, really, because it really shows very, very clearly the difference. Mm. You've got to do, you've got to achieve, you've got to strive, you've got to say your prayers, you've got to go to Mecca, you've got to go to pilgrimages, you've got to, you know, do, 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 do. But this beautiful sense of, what the gospel really is, that the Lord Jesus Christ has come mm. and died on the cross. It is finished, done it for us. It's a lovely thing, isn't it? And mm. I think very useful when you talk it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and and done in all sorts of ways as well. Done in, in terms of paid for your sin, all of that's done, but also done in terms of lived the perfect life for you as well. Yeah. So, so, so done, you're righteous. Yes. Done, sin paid for, yeah. And it's not just a clean slate. Yes. But now uh, you are righteous forever and ever in God's sight because Christ has lived the perfect life, and that's yeah. that's that's accredited to you. So, so I mean, the old yeah. illustration always used to be the video, right? But we don't have videos anymore, so I don't quite know how you do it. Yeah. But you know, if 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 God was to show your life on a big video screen, you know, yeah. on the telly there would be all this sin and stuff you'd be embarrassed about and shocked about. And if you compare that to, to God, 
you know, you are clearly a sinner. Mm. And then Christ has done, mm. he's cleansed it. But now you've got a video that's just boring because there's nothing on it. Yeah. But now he's done a righteous life for you. Yeah. And so now you see a video of your life yeah. in Christ. Which is more than we would ever have been able to do even living a perfect life. Yes. Because this, the Son of God has lived a life in a sense for us and we are we are receiving the benefits of his righteousness and his goodness and and so he shares all the blessings he has from the father with us uh it's incredible it's it's way better than do as best as you can yeah it's it's yeah amazing yeah and um i mean i don't know how long we want to spend on each one of these yeah um i mean this really is a unique thing in christianity in in all world religions and in all human philosophy this idea that we are made right with god um by what jesus christ has done for us alone and that that is a gift you know it's a gift to us to be received uh, another old illustration is christmas morning you know when someone's you, you've wrapped up a present um, or you've been given a present and um, no one expects you in that moment to get out your checkbook yeah. and to offer to pay for the gift. You know, there's something in the occasion which says, no, you just need with open hands to receive the gift given to you. You mm. don't need to try to pay me back for it or you don't say, okay, can I do some chores to, 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 to sort of pay you back for this gift? No, what, what delights the giver is just open-handed receiving. They don't want you to offer to pay them back. They just want you to cheerfully receive it. Um, and that's the gift of eternal life in Christ, isn't it? Just given mm. to us. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, this, is, the, 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 this is good for all... It's not just good for religious people, isn't it? it was, that's what I was going to say. I think we could just focus on world religions and say they say do all the time. Mm. But the, the, the thing is, every human being in the world is trying to achieve righteousness with God on their own backs, aren't they? So it's all about doing things that they think is right. And it's one of the classic lines in the Old Testament in Judges is everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So they're all trying to be right with God on their own back. And so this is quite, an, I think this is quite offensive actually, because the gospel message says you can't do, you can't do it. And uh, when you hear that as first as, uh, and you don't trust in Jesus, that's quite offensive because it's like, surely I can do something, but there's nothing you can do. Mm. There's nothing good about you to get yourself right with God. But once you get to the end of yourself, I suppose, and you realize that I can't do anything and you realize your desperate situation, then to hear that Christ has done it is quite an amazing, uh, amazing news. And you, you probably won't, accept the done until you realize you can't do mm. so that's an important part of becoming a christian isn't it because you do 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 or try 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 until you realize that no matter how much you do it will never be done that's no. when you look at christ who has yeah. said it's and that's done. the story jesus tells about the pharisee and the tax collector yeah. isn't it yeah. you know he's standing up in the temple um, praising God for his own self-righteousness, that he's not like other people, he gives the right amount of money, he doesn't commit adultery, and he's not like a tax collector. Um, whereas the tax collector has come to realise that he's got nothing to offer God. He can bring nothing to justify mm. himself. He's just in need of mercy and sacrifice. Um, and he says, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, which of these do you think went home justified before yeah. God? You know, And it's the one who takes the gift, not the one who boasts in what they can offer. Um,
But you get this in the you get this in the secular world as well. I mean, people are just doing doing. They're worn out, aren't they? Uh, you know, they're they're exhausted and broken mm. by by these burdens that are either put on them, got to do, got to do, got to do, or put on them by themselves, isn't mm. it? Got to do, got to become, got to achieve. Um, it's 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 all it's all that sort of thing that we hear today. You know, you've got to find yourself. You've yeah. got to. Whereas done is being found, isn't it? Mm. And done is is it's not it's, it's not the lazy thing, but it's the it's the the wonderful joy of God coming to us to to find us, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So the, the, this is helpful. I, I think we probably all use these. Do mm. done. I always think it's like the old song. To do done 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 to do done done. Do you know that one? No. Oh, but know. you could you could probably apply that to any song, couldn't you? I don't know. Uh, well, give me a song that you could apply that to. Uh, I met her in the da 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 uh, uh, way of telling the telling the gospel. Uh, sin is us substituting ourselves for God, putting ourselves where only God deserves to be in charge of our lives. Salvation is God substituting himself for us, putting himself where only we deserve to be, dying on a cross. And this 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. To become a Christian is first to admit the problem that you have been substituting yourself for God either by religion, trying to be your own saviour by obedience to moral standards, or by irreligion, trying to be your own Lord by disobedience to moral standards. And second, to accept the solution, asking God to accept you for Jesus' sake and know that you are loved and accepted because of his record, not yours. Um, and that ties into what you were saying earlier, Ben, about um, the, the beauty of the good news is that when we trust Jesus Christ as our saviour, he doesn't just wipe the record clean, but rather he uh, transfers to us or credits to us his own perfect record. Um, so his perfections are given to us and our sin is given to him. And that's why this language of substitution is, is used here. Because our sin and our rebellion is placed upon the shoulders of one who's perfect and his perfections are placed upon um, our shoulders so that we can stand right before God uh, forever. Um, and the description of sin here is, uh, is, is interesting, isn't it? And, and slightly different. It's, it's um, yes, us wanting to be what only God can be. Um, so really we should acknowledge that he is the creator and the king of our lives and that we should freely submit ourselves to his rule and yet we try to rip the crown off his own head and put it on ours so mm. we try to play god we try to run our own lives um, control the world in our own way and that's substance that's a sort of trying to substitute us for him um, but salvation is him substituting himself for us mm. um, so i mean I don't know, but in any uh, sort of political world, I guess, if you had such a rebel living within your realm, uh, trying to throw off your leadership and lead an insurrection and rule your country themselves, uh, you would bring a swift and terrible justice upon them. And that's what we deserve for our sin. You know, uh, the Bible says that we deserve to go to hell forever. This is such a, such a dreadful substitution to try and make. 
But instead of giving us that, God comes and gives us the opposite. He substitutes himself, who is the rightful ruler of heaven and earth, for the wicked rebel, so that by faith alone we can we can have all the all the joys and benefits of, of salvation. Um, so this is the language of substitution, isn't it? Sin salvation. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's another easy one, isn't it? Mm. Do done, sin salvation. Mm. Um, it's just another tool, slightly different size you know, screwdriver, if you like, in the pack that you could use for this. I, I think what, I think, I, I like what you, you said, the, the the description of sin in this, the substituting ourselves is, because you can get very wrapped up in sin, isn't it? You, uh, can't you? I mean, like, lying, and yes, I mm. lied, but is God such a, you know, nasty person that he'd be so worried yeah. about a little tiny lie, or... Um, now, of course, lying is sin, or, you know, I stole from the sweet shop, but I was only a little kid, and I didn't quite know what I was doing and the implications of it. Is it fair to judge me on that? But I, I think this idea of, of sin is, is actually, you know, it's, it, it's, it's very clear rebellion, and, and it's, it's the language of breaking a relationship. I will not have you as my God, mm. I, will, I, will, I will rule yeah. my, myself. And you get that, don't you, in, in the prodigal son story that Jesus tells. You know, uh, Jesus, Jesus there um, uh, shows uh, uh, that sin is a, a breaking of a relationship as much as it is as, as breaking rules, but it's more breaking of the relationship, isn't it? So the son says to the father in Jesus' story, in Luke 15, um, basically, I wish you were dead, uh, because when you're dead, I'll have the money for the inheritance, uh, because I want what you give, um, because only you can give it, but I don't want you. And that's the picture here, isn't it? I will take the gifts you give me and be my own ruler, my own substituting God. And of course, it goes wrong for him, but that's what I like about this. Yeah. Thing. It's a, it's a usurping, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's high treason. So it's a very severe uh, crime. It's much, much worse, as you say, than just wrong things that I do. It's a heart state, heart set against God and saying that I'm going to take the position of God. And I think that actually is interesting because it does link actually to your do done. So you're thinking about the toolbox. Uh, you use one tool and then that might need another tool to help with that other thing that you're doing. And this is quite similar because when you're saying I'm going to do stuff, well, that's sin because you're saying that I decide what is right. So I'm ruling my life. So I, I, I sin because I've decided to set myself up as the king, not God. And as, and, and that means I decide what to do. Yes. And so actually, uh, that's why we need God to come in and say, actually, you're not the ruler. You, what you're trying to do is wrong. It's sinful. I am the one who can now do it for you. Absolutely. And so salvation then says, I will substitute myself for your sinful actions and do it. And then we have done again. And having a, a big um, understanding and picture of sin is essential, isn't it? We're, we're living in an age where sin is not really a word that people know. And even in Christian circles that people are embarrassed by. But Jesus said, he who has been forgiven much loves much. And the bigger understanding you have of sin, the, the greater you'll understand the salvation here. You won't really understand Jesus's sacrifice unless you understand sin. And you won't understand the enormity of what he does unless you understand the enormity of sin. So this is a, this is a key one, isn't it? 
Yeah, and one that's, I think, quite easy to, to prove. So people may disagree with you about how serious this is, but you can even put it this way, you know, uh, you know of all the decisions that you've made in the last week, uh, how many did you consult God? How, how, how many did you talk to him about? Uh, did, did you seek his perspective on, on any of these decisions or um, the little ones or the big ones? Uh, and I think most of us would have to say, yeah, no, either not at all or not as much as I should have. And it shows that basically we can, we do think that we can run our lives without God most of the time and, and make the right decisions. And well, not he, he, even worry, um, Jesus talks about, doesn't he? As, yeah. as, as can, can yeah. be a proof that I'm trying to yeah. act as God because yeah. I'm, I'm taking on all of the world and worrying about it. And he's, mm-hmm. He says, you know, who can add an hour to life or whatever it is um, by, by worrying you know, whereas mm. you can pray, you mm. can speak, isn't mm. it? So it's interesting. There's this idea that we are God in all kinds of things. Yeah. And no wonder we feel anxious because we yeah. were never meant to be God. Do that. No. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying no. to bear a we're yoke made that to we be were God. created we're made to, to carry. Yeah. 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 So that's an easy one, isn't it? And I, I mean, these are just easy tools. And if we if we memorize these, which isn't hard, mm. sin salvation. Yep. Sin salvation. Should we go on? Yeah. Slavery, freedom. Slavery. We were built to live for God supremely, but instead we live for love, work, achievement, or morality to give us meaning and worth. Therefore, every person, religious or unreligious, is worshipping something to get their worth. But these things enslave us with guilt if we fail to attain them, or anger if someone blocks them from us, or fear if they are threatened, or drivenness, since we must have them. Sin is worshipping anything but Jesus, and the wages of sin is slavery. Freedom. As a fish is only free in water, we are only free when serving Jesus supremely. For he is the only source of meaning that we cannot lose, freeing us from fear and anger. And that is a free gift, freeing us from guilt and drivenness. So Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So you see his yoke is the only one that doesn't enslave. I think it's a massively helpful um, thing. Like we, so many people in our world believe that they are free to do whatever they want to do. I'm free to live however I want to live. But actually, when you examine their lives, they're so enslaved by the things that they think they're free to live for. Um, I used to love like you can see those pictures where, like even even the technology that we use, we think we are so free and we, we're so uh, liberal that we have these like technological things. But you have those pictures that show like an an iPhone or like a type of smartphone that has you chained up because we're just enslaved by all of these things around. The people who are going for a career absolutely can't not work, and so then they sacrifice time with their their families and their friends, and so they 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 might lose everything. So. The things of this world so easily enslave, and actually, you see that they're, they're they're trying to achieve happiness and rest and all of the things that they want, but very, very, very actually easy just become enslaved and don't achieve those things. 
and then on the other hand, it's so good that Jesus actually gives us freedom. We don't need to uh, work our, our absolute guts out to try and achieve something because Christ has achieved everything for us. And, uh, and so to live for him is real and true freedom. Yeah, and I mean, today, uh, pe- people hate the idea that they would be slaves, wouldn't they? And freedom um, is, such a, is a, such a big concept, isn't it? I want to be free to do what I want to do. Mm. As, as, as if that very term is free. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and not, uh, you know, what, why don't you want to serve God? Mm. Because you're a sinner, actually. You're mm. free to sin, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think this is quite a quite a quite a big one for our age, isn't it? Free freedom is the big thing that we we really want. I want to be free to be me, and what yeah. are me? Well, I'll find out if I look inside me, and it it becomes that whole sort of circular thing of trying to find freedom. And then if you dare even hint, or your eye slightly flickers at disagreement with what I think I'm free on, then. Mm then I'm angry at you and I'm going to cancel cancel Mm. you. And, um, you know, I'm viciously angry at you because because you're getting in the way of my freedom. We see this all the time, don't we? Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's it's a surprising sentence in some ways, isn't it? Every person, religious or unreligious, is worshipping something to get their worth. Um, And that is true because we are are all worshippers, aren't we? Um, so even a, a completely secular-minded person who would say they don't worship anything or believe in anything higher than this world, actually, fundamentally, the human heart is a worshipping mm. organ, isn't it? That we are, we are all um, trying to construct a story into which we fit. We are all giving our, our energy and our passion towards something. We all lay our lives down for something, some goal we want to obtain, some life that we want to achieve and all of that is worshipping language um, and the question the bible puts to us is not are you a worshipper but what are you worshipping mm. not are you a slave but who's master you know who who rules you um, and um, is it satan yeah. and sin uh, one who is only going to demand more and more and deliver insecurity and death mm. Or is it the Lord Jesus? I just love, you know, Matthew eleven twenty eight. It's one of my favourite verses. I just love, yeah. love it as a description of the life that Jesus offers. It is a yoke, which means there is a there is a life that comes with it. There are new commands and a new way to live, but it's always light and freeing. And um, Jesus is trying to say here: Look, you, your problem is you're enslaved to something. And you're trying to bear burdens that you were never made to carry. You can't yeah. get yourself right with me. These other gods that you try and serve are going to kill you. Come and submit to my yeah. teaching. Trust me as your saviour. Take me as your Lord. And you'll know a life of lightness mm. and, uh, and peace. Uh, yeah. you know, um, and so that's one of my favourite verses. love that. I mean, we've said yoke, but... Might be worth saying what that means. Yeah, a yoke is a, it's it's a sort of a thing bar. in the egg, is it? Uh, well, yes, but not spelt that way. Yeah, that's Y O L K. Oh, yeah, this is Y O K E. Yoke is like a, a bar, and it was something that was used to sort of drive cattle, I think, yeah. initially. Yeah. And you would have it sort of upon you, um, and uh, and you would get people to share it, wouldn't you? Or no, you you would put it so it's a, a cattle. It's a beam of wood, a and you would have wood, one yeah. sort of. Uh, 
um, you know, uh, ox here, mm. and then the other ox next to it, and you tie them together, yeah, so that they one doesn't go in front of the other too too far, no. and then they pull Can the pull the weight, yeah, 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 yeah. So you're um, yoked together with another yes beast, yeah, and he's saying you, but now you're yoked to me, yeah. So it looks like slavery, yeah, mm. but in fact my yoking is yeah. freedom, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's important. Like, I mean, the Augustine thing is. The Augustine quote, our hearts are restless until they find rest in God is mm. so true, isn't it? Because as soon as you, because that's who we're ultimately created to live for and find our rest in and find our, our contentment in. And so if you go away from the, the only one that is able to fill that rest, then of course you're going to be enslaved and you're mm. never going to achieve the thing that you're meant to, you were designed for. Mm. So you need to come to Christ to, to find that freedom yeah i think one of the biggest issues is that we constantly we're constantly optimistic aren't we as people that next year will be better or the goal that we're aiming for will satisfy us when we get there there's just a kind of perennial carrot that that is above us that we can never munch and even when people do arrive there and then look back and tell us it's not as good up here as i thought it was we don't believe them do we so there's always there's always the promise of tomorrow, um, which is one of God's kindnesses in giving us the scriptures, because in the scriptures we see constantly God's people enslaved and constantly him saving them from slavery. So we need to not think that life will be different for us uh, and look around us and see the dissatisfaction of everyone, really. But then look at the scriptures and say, ah, oh, no, God is the one who saves us this thing that i that i have in my mind which i think will bring me freedom will not i will never get rest by achieving the things i want to achieve i will always be burdened and enslaved but god has shown me in his word that he's the one who will give me rest and what, yeah it's what a beautiful verse that is and like mammothly significant in biblical language when jesus says i will give you rest that's just when you understand the the what we were made for and what god is doing and where everything is going that's just so that's such an incredible statement for Jesus to make I think if you look at our culture at the moment and and with a, a lot that is going on with with you know younger people I mean not not all of them obviously but I reckon you know if you came away from a hundred years ago and and said hey look at us we're free hmm. I'm not sure if there's not much difference in being putting young people down a coal mine to dig coal in the dark for some kind of reward than actually sort of staring at a screen in a darkened room trying to prove themselves it's a very similar slavery mm. and uh and 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 yet all of that all of that media and all of that stuff it, it's all telling us that we're free mm. isn't it but it, it's 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 a, it's a sad thing, isn't it? Mm. I think, and that's why Jesus is is really something we we need to get people to hear, just exactly what he is saying. Mm. The scary thing is about today's world is that the, it, there's an implosion that's going in, that's going further and further in. So take the child in the room in the dark by themselves; they are lost, and because they're looking inward, and society says, "I oh, will keep looking in." You're obviously not happy with who you are, so find yourself. Um, 
or, or you know, be there's just there's there's a further turning inwards, isn't there? Yeah. That's the only answer the world can give is if oh, if you are unhappy, it's because you're not being your authentic self. So look further in, yeah. and start living out who you are inwardly. Yeah. Whereas whereas the authentic self is only only found. Uh, by you admitting that you are in fact a creature yeah. mm. and that God is the creator and he created you mm. for the purpose, as we were hearing, mm. to worship him. Mm. And as you worship him, then you are free because that's what you were made for. Yeah. Okay, so another, you know, do done, sin salvation, slavery freedom, nice little toolkit, isn't it? Mm. Got one more? Yeah, last one. Law love, law love. Law, some see God as simply judge who demands we be moral and righteous. If God is not a judge, there is no hope for the world. How else will wrong be punished? Love, some see God as simply a father who loves us and doesn't want to punish. If God is not a father, there is no hope for us. How else can we be forgiven? Problem, God is both. If a father was also a judge and a guilty child was brought before him, he could not just acquit. How can God's law and love be reconciled? Solution. When God sent his son to die in our place, the judge was judged. On the cross, God's justice and his love were satisfied at once. That God might be both just and justifier of those who believe. That's paraphrase from Romans three, twenty-six. So here we've got this sort of false dichotomy. Uh, how can God be a judge and a father who loves? And then there's this example, if, if a father was confronted by the son and the son was guilty, how could he both be a loving father and a faithful judge? Uh, and the solution is that God himself becomes the one who's punished. He, he, he does uphold the law, but he brings the punishment upon himself. Uh, and that's um, how God can both be lawful and loving dealing with all of these things at once yeah we run before um the morning services these seminar seminar series and one of the ones that we uh have been through twice now i think yeah yeah is romans one to five and um you you you've been leading that rory haven't you and there's a there's a great question that comes at the end of i don't know session four or something um where basically over three or four weeks you've been establishing um that all have fallen short of the glory of God, all have sinned, mm-hmm. and there is no one righteous before him. And we are lawbreakers, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And then there's a great question, yeah. isn't there? Do you just want to, do you remember it? Because it's good. Well, how, it is, it, how can God be both just? Yeah, or isn't it, do you want to be treated? Yes, it's yes. something sorry, like yes, that, isn't it? Yes. Um, do you want God to treat you yes, justly? Sorry, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, well, of course, uh, uh, it traps you that question, doesn't it? Yeah, do you yeah, want? Yeah. Tra- do you want? Do you want God to treat you in do justice? Do you want mercy, or do you, or do so, you want God to yeah. judge? Yeah. Do you want? Yeah. Do, and it's so good because if you say, "Well, I don't want God to treat me with justice," then you're like, "Well, that means he's not a just God." Yeah. So therefore, he's a horrible God that no one wants. Yeah, and if he's going to let you off, yeah. why shouldn't he let exactly some other monster yeah. off? Or, yeah. But then, if I say I want him to, tr- I want him to to act in justice that means i've got to be judged and so that's a real and and you can't get away from that when you look through romans one to three you're like well no one is righteous no one is good no one has sought god no one has um, kept his law 
And so it's amazing in, in Romans 3, it says we'll, we'll, we'll stand before God and we'll be silent when he calls us to an account. <laughs> we won't be going, oh, actually, I, I was able to keep this law here. No, we'll be silent. And so we must feel the weight that we are total lawbreakers, unrighteous, deserving of, of the wrath of God. And then, in, and, then, and then comes the really good news of Romans. And it starts with, but now a righteousness apart from the law has been made known. Christ is the one who was both righteous and so was able to take our sins to the cross so God can punish sin, punish law-breaking so that I may go free, that I may be seen as innocent, as right. And so God can both be just and a justifier. Um, and I think, again, this is just the uniqueness, isn't it, of the gospel, which is so compelling that, because when you, one of the very interesting things, um, talking to Muslims, um, they, they just cannot speak with this kind of assurance about forgiveness. Um because they rely on Allah for mercy. That's a big part of what they say. Well, I'll need Allah's mercy. But when you ask, yes, but what about your sin? You know, the the answer really is that God is going to kind of shelve it and forget about it. But in order to do that, he's got to compromise his holiness, hasn't he? Mm. Because how can a holy God who seriously hates sin um, just shelve it and Mm. give mercy? There's got to be some punishing there's got to be some vindication of what is right and dealing with what is wrong and only the cross provides Mm. that solution because god doesn't have to compromise on his holiness you know um he can still be the just god who punishes sin um and yet can be the justifier of those who believe which is what he wants to be because he so loves the world and he wants to save the world but he's not gonna surrender his holiness um and so Christ on the cross is the only answer, isn't yeah. it? He, he is the just God who yeah. punishes Jesus in our place and through that um, can justify those of us who don't deserve it. And he doesn't have to give up anything that he is mm. in order to do that. Um, if you've been really hurt in life, I think this is a really helpful doctrine, isn't it? Because you, you, you have a desperate, you, you say that wasn't right and that's not okay. I don't want God to just sweep that under the carpet. I don't want... And, and especially if you if you've been hurt by someone you love, <laughs> then this is brilliant because you you say I, that mattered and that was wrong, and yet I I don't want to hold it against you. I want to be reconciled to you, and God does all of that. He deals with it. He acknowledges the the wrongness of it and punishes it, and yet makes a way for us to be reconciled with people who've hurt us. And and you you don't just say oh it wasn't that bad. I'm going to forget about it. Forgive and forget's not quite right, is it? Because it's forgive and and Christ will bear the mark for that forever. Uh, but yet we are reconciled with each other because of love. Um, so it just deals with everything. Thinking about the the Muslim, it de- it deals with the, the the justice and the love both better than Allah can ever do. Yeah. Well, well, we live in a world that just cries out for justice don't we and and we we live in a world i mean you just think about what's happened in the last couple of months and what's come out in our society where there's so much corruption and people seem to get away with so much and there's not justice in this world even in the best governed societies there's not justice yet this this here says actually all sin will be will be dealt with yeah. um mm-hmm. but if you realize your predicament then you can be justified. The, the thing I love about this 
sentence actually as well, though, it shows us one step further because it calls God Father. And I think that's one of the most incredible things about the gospel is that God doesn't just justify us. I mean, it's funny you say just justify, which is that is incredible on its own that me, a a sinful person, a lawbreaker can be seen as innocent in the eyes of God. But he goes the next step further and he says, I will adopt you as my son. And that, that then blows your mind even further because it's not just I'm innocent. I'm now a child of of the living God. Mm. we, we get this dilemma, don't we? Uh, uh, one, I think, in all of us, but it's sort of almost like the right and the left that sort of go to extremes and then hate each other. You know, you, it, it's one of the, what I find extremely shocking when you when you see like a murderer who's, you know, pretty, pretty ugly and revolting thing uh, that he's done to someone. Um, is going to be executed in America or something, and then you get all of the people outside, you know, you know uh, clapping and cheering when mm. he's actually been executed. You think it's extraordinary, isn't it? Mm. But that desire for the law to be done against a lawbreaker, mm. um, that is in us. Mm. Uh, and yet then there's a sort of the other side where uh, people are saying, oh, you know, He's gonna. He was doing what he wanted to do, and you know, let them off. And yeah. it's a sort of weak love. But I think, as we've been saying, that in the gospel message, you've got absolute strength yeah. of the anger of God against sin, and and the judgment that should come upon a person. And in one sense, there is a hooray mm. for that, for 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 justice to be mm. done. We're longing it's for the hallelujah, that. isn't it? There is a hallelujah in the in the Bible, but then this sense that that uh, lo- the love of God would would be able to um, uh, come into the world and and that justice is is slammed on Jesus on the cross. Both these things, law and love, are not weakened in the gospel. Mm. They're strengthened, as as one of you were saying, and 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 it's what we sort of cry out for in the different uh, sides of 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 people's you know crying out but also sometimes we want both these things at the same time only in the gospel yeah so it's a good one Mm. so there they go there's uh do done sin salvation slavery freedom law love they're very helpful tools aren't they and you may not use them for the same person Mm. but you want to whip this tool out if you know this stuff they're very, very helpful for mm. for uh, using for different types of people that you're going to meet. Mm. They are, yeah. I mean, I just remember sort of briefly on this last one, we did a series um, on the Ten Commandments at the university, Kingston University, and in order to kind of attract people to the meetings, we we did this survey on the Ten Commandments, the, the law of God, and we 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 went through we went through them with people. And ask them, do you think that these are generally good laws by which people should live? Sort of, yeah, I think it's better, you know. Do you know who wrote them? No. Um, you know, do you know where you'd find them? Uh, no. Uh, well, these are these are God's laws in the Bible. And then we would go through and saying, um, have you kept have you kept this one? You know, you've just acknowledged it's a really good law. Have you kept it? Um, and I do remember, you know, the lying one. Have you ever told a lie? No. 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 <laughs> really? um, yeah. Or, or have you ever stolen something? No. Uh, have you ever downloaded something that didn't belong to you? Oh, well, yeah, I've done. Yeah, I've done that. You know. And so again, these don't these don't take long to prove. Sometimes, yeah. you know. Um, 
These aren't concepts that only religious people are going to understand. Actually, if we think about it, these are doors in with, with people. Um, so, yeah, really helpful. One, two, three.